Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 32 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and learning about Hamon. It's it's pronounced Ham-on, and it's something that you can put on a lot of different things. You can put it on rye. You can put it on wheat. You can put it on barley. It's a. uh, Is this like? Is it like spam? No, it's it's ham on. It's 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 when you put ham on things, and we're going to learn about it in Japan's interpretation of English. It's just ham. Okay. Yeah. Let's jump in. People like the way I say ham. Ham. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody! All right, God, let's uh, so let's embarrassed. uh, let's move past our opening, mm-hmm. um, and uh, prepare for a uh, great episode. We're gonna be jumping in uh, what a in lot the sooner. Fucking hell happened in these episodes. Oh man! <laughs> I like. I so gotta say, last week we started, or not last last month, I guess we started JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and it was awesome. And this week, I was like, I think this is still good, but I don't know what's happening. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things inside of these episodes that make you go like, what was this person actually smoking when they made these yeah. episodes? It's just so – it's just the most. It's the most melodramatic thing I have ever seen. And it it's hilarious but it also like takes itself really seriously. But I think that's kind of part of the fun, and I think they know that. But like, man, it's so much. <laughs> I was like, I would roll my eyes so much during these episodes, but also I was still having fun. It was such a weird experience. Yeah, and it's it's really it's it's just so wacky. Yeah. Anyways, um, I I wanted I wanted to go into uh, a couple of things just to uh. To update everybody on things that are happening inside of like the the Blake and Spencer universe uh, yeah. that are coming up. Yeah, we're um, having, we're doing first, an expanded universe, just like um, just like Marvel. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're talking about, or am I? No, no, uh, no, no. So, no. um, a a cool no. couple of things that are coming down the pipeline um, in the future. Uh, we have at least three different team up. Uh, podcast with other different podcasts that we're going to be doing. Um, these are going to be released um, uh, a little bit separately from how we're releasing our current schedule. So um, you're still going to be getting your your weekly dose of Blake and Spencer get jumped. But these are going to start. But these are going to be released. Um, these oh are going to be released on the on Wednesdays instead. Um, and they are going to be bonus episodes for people to listen to. But here's another twist and turn inside of this thing. Ooh, I can't um, keep up. We are going to be recording these, and they're going to be released to Patreon listeners and supporters first. And then a week later, we're going to be releasing them to uh, the people that are, are not Patreon supporters. Yeah, so our, if our you want to get your support. fix, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to get your fix of uh, new wacky adventures, 
you should totally think about getting on the Patreon train. Yeah, get up um, on that live. We've had a we've had a couple of incentives before. There's still like um, an extra couple of articles that we've written on the Patreon page, um, and there's still incentives for like people that for people that go in, um, like uh, a, a couple of extra fun things that we're going to be handing out to people. Yeah. But we haven't been able to really get any of this out because uh, our reach hasn't been super great so far. Yeah. And I feel like as we like tick up in numbers, we haven't really ticked up in Patreon. So we're going to kind of like double down back into that. And one of the ways is like we wanted to find ways to like give back to people. Um, so we're going to be giving people early access to shows that we're doing. Yeah. And this is a cool way to do it. And also, uh, we have these really sweet group goals on Patreon. So it's like, uh, like you can get your own like perks for yourself. Um, there's different levels and whichever level fits you the best. Um, there are different perks that come with those different levels, but also there's group goals, which is like if you guys collectively meet a certain threshold, then we'll release special episodes for that as well. And those are things that I really want to do, but I don't have time to watch them on my own. So like I can't watch them if you guys don't make me do it by hitting those Patreon goals. So I'm <laughs> um, in a, not my favorite position because I, I, I really want to watch them, but I don't, I don't have time. Uh, yeah. yeah and there's a way out of I'm this really, is what I'm saying. I'm really excited about these uh these these new things that we're going to be doing for sure. And the biggest reason why is because um as part of our collaboration with other people, um we are going to be watching something completely different than what we're doing right now, which is the anime movie universe. Um and specifically we we have a couple coming down the pipe. Um Two of the movies that have been decided upon uh, for these are two movies that I've never seen before, and it's really exciting. I only to know have of those one like, of them that we've decided on, but I've heard really good things, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, so like so we're we're really pumped. And as soon as we get those like a specific date locked down for them, Oof. we will certainly let everybody know. Um, we we are hopefully going to be recording our, our first one of these in the next couple of weeks. So it's 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 getting closer and closer. Yeah, it's um, like hurting cats, but that, we're going to get those cats. Yeah, we're going to catch them cats. You get cats, um, <laughs> your kitty. Um, the other thing that I wanted to go over inside of our collective universe um, is that uh, uh, Blake and I um, ha- are going to be starting to uh, write more sketches. I'm also currently writing some sketches with... Uh, some people out in Portland and working on those. And I'm going to start filming those again to put on the forever summer page. Yeah. Um, you guys might not you ever- know that we're not just podcasters. We have a web series that has two seasons on YouTube. Um, and we have a couple of other skits that have occurred in the past, but this is a future state. So you guys can get more content from us um, because we uh, we're not working hard enough right now, I guess. Yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, um, not working hard enough. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to go check those out, it's as easy as going to uh, youtube.com forward slash forever summer productions. So it's it's super easy to get to our, our yeah. page because we have enough followers that we can get one of those handy dandy custom URLs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you also totally come and check us out. Yeah, you can bank shot your way to that page on many of our social media accounts at the end of the show. I know there's a link on Facebook. I'm not sure if there's a link on Twitter. Uh, I think there's one on Patreon. Uh, I need to put one of those in the Reddit, too. 
Um, but if yeah. you don't find it on one of those social medias, go to other social medias or ask us about it and we will send you a link. Yeah. Okay. Without further ado, though, we're going to get into the fucking craziness that is JoJo's Woo. Bizarre Adventure with episode four entitled Overdrive. Overdrive. So previously in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, we are in Victorian era. I think it's like 1800s England. Um, we have a guy named Jonathan Joestar. What Japanese people perceive to be Victorian yeah, England. It might not be completely accurate, but um, Jonathan <laughs> Joestar, he's our protagonist. He goes by JoJo. He is kind of a big, muscly, uh, earnest dude. He, um, I don't know, he tries really hard. That's kind of his thing. Um, he has... Uh, grown up with a real son of a bitch. This guy's name is Dio. And Dio, he grew up poor and he managed to join Jonathan's family when he was young because his father died and, and there was like a debt there between their, their parents. So Dio came to live with them and kind of oscillated between being the world's biggest dick and pretending to be super besties with Jojo. So then he revealed his true colors and um, had poisoned Jojo's father, um, putting him on his deathbed. Jojo investigated it and found out that Dio was the culprit. But at the same time, Dio found out that there was a mask in their house that turned people into vampires. So he turned himself into one and uh, they had a very climactic battle that was actually just a third of the way through the show. Um, so Dio has escaped. John, uh, Jojo has survived. Um, Jojo has also made friends with a dude named Speedwagon. Not joking about that name. <laughs> and uh, there's a girl. Oh, fuck. What's her name? Um, Arina. Arina. There was some romantic stuff going on between Jojo and Arina a while ago in the show's universe. I think it's been a couple of years. Uh, they haven't seen each other since some dramatic stuff happened. But uh, she's also relevant here. Um, and uh, now we're going to pick up in the aftermath of this climactic battle. Jojo's house has been burned down. His dad is dead. And he's now here with Speedwagon. Yep. Speedwagon is walking into the room. And what does he find? But Arena, or Arena uh, taking care of Jojo and washing him apparently and cleaning his bandages so often that her fingers have become bloodied and cracked. Yeah, she's been at this for like eight or 12 hours nonstop, just like cleaning his bandages, which is too much. It Pull back, Arena. Pull back. <laughs> You're trying too hard. They also um, are so, so melodramatic about the fact that it's Arena, and like yeah i guess in the context of the show they are about at a zero if like plus is a lot and minus is less than normal this is a zero for this show but it's like an 18 for normal shows on the melodrama scale and they're yeah. like speed wagons walking up god damn his name is Speedwagon. Speedwagons walking up to the crack door and he's like somebody's in there who is it it can't be and like jojo opens his eyes and he's like she looks so familiar she looks like she's from my past and he like says some shit to her and she's like it is me and he's like no it's like ridiculous it's like if a soap opera did like a lot of cocaine and then was like let's see a soap opera um you know what's like so funny about this too is that the 
there's one part where like she she passes out from like talking to Jojo and he catches her and she's like, Oh, and then she's like, But your arm is broken and he's like, Uh and then they don't address it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it's healed like four minutes later. Uh, yeah. So it's Oh, yeah, and Speedwagon also refers to himself in the third person at one point in here, and he is the perfect character. So, yeah. meanwhile, Dio is off in London Town, and he confronts Jack the Ripper, because this is around the same time that Jack the Ripper's going around ripping up, rip, ripping up the town, Jack. And Dio is like, yo, you suck, so I want you to hang out with me. And he... So he, he has this mask that can turn people into vampires, but Dio... Um, He's very prideful, so I get the impression that he doesn't want to turn people into vampires um, because he doesn't want the competition. But he does also have the ability to turn them basically into, like, undead thralls. So he's essentially making a lot of zombie minions, and that's what he does to Jack the Ripper. And this will come back later on in the episode. Yeah. Um, so there is also a oh, new God. character that is oh, about to be introduced. My God, this um, guy. So his name is Zapelli, um, and he is wearing, uh, first of all, the dumbest hat out of all hats ever seen. He looks like um, a traveling he, magician. Yeah, he also does this such weird thing when he meets them for the first time, which he's like sitting on a fence, right? And uh-huh. he's like has his legs crossed, and instead of getting up like a normal human being, he slams his like pinkies down into the fence and like shoots himself into the air while keeping his legs crossed, and this then dude, like lands. This guy, oh, this motherfucker, ridiculous. is definitely. Like a precursor relative of Puri Puri Prisoner from One Punch Man. No fucking doubt yeah. about it. The, and so yeah. he, then he like pinkies Jojo in the arm. <laughs> and it's so weird. He just like rushes forward and like screaming with his pinky out and like hits Jojo's broken arm. And then Jojo's arm heals. And no, no, no. He hits him in his stomach. And That's, when he hits him in his stomach, he unlocks his diaphragm so that he can breathe correctly. Right. And when he unlocks his breathing, he's able to use his um, his hamon. Yeah. So it like releases and it heals his arm. This hamon thing is. This was made directly by Joe Linhart. Like I know for sure that she had a hand <laughs> in the creation of this. Joe Linhart was the eccentric and amazing professor of theater in the college where Spencer and I were trained to be theater majors. And she was all about the breath and using your breath. And that's just ham, ham on ham, put your ham on. And it, it's, <laughs> and so Zapelli shows, uh, this is so weird. Zapelli's like, I healed you. And Jojo's like, how you do this? And then Zapelli's like, I'm going to show you. And then Jojo is like, not with Erina here. She can't be involved in this. My problems are too great. And he's like, Erina, you got to leave. And then <laughs> it cuts to like just the two of them. And Zapelli, he, he shows his ham on by punching a frog, which he yeah. doesn't well, actually. Yeah. Go dig it. <laughs> yes. 
So he punches at a frog is basically what happens. Yeah. He sends his ham on through this frog into the rock below it um, because it can transfer energy from one place to the other and it can hurt things that he wants to hurt. So he shoots his ham on through this rock, breaks the rock in half, and the frog falls harm like unharmed into the water below. Yeah, I gotta say, so he... <laughs> Sorry, I just saw my note that says you must be at least this dramatic to ride this ride, which is so true of this whole <laughs> show. So yeah. there's something cool. They're going to talk about this in a minute. But like, the, him on, it's basically like breath control and like the the sort of life energy that you get from breathing and from like the flow of your blood. And I got to say... It, if you boil it down, Hemon is the same thing as Chi. It's the same thing as Chakra in Naruto. It is sort of a generic life energy, but it's based, I think, a little bit more closely to the sort of like real world or interpretations of Chi or or sort of yogic breathing and stuff like that. And I kind of like that. And they're also going to talk about a little bit later how Hemon is a perfect... Um, opposition to vampirism because Hemon is about the flow of blood and vampirism is about like taking the blood of others. And I think that's a really cool concept. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Then, um, then we, we learn a little bit about more um, about Jojo, um, and the way that his Hamon is going to express itself, um, in that he grabs a tree and the tree begins to blossom around his hand. Um, he's activated his ham on, and it's it's become very clear that like one of the things that Jojo exerts is the strength and power of life itself. Then we get backstory. Uh, yeah, oh, so this Zappelli. is <laughs> Zappelli's backstory, and it, it's really good. So I gotta say, I have major reservations about these three episodes. I think they are kind of flawed, but again more fun more than fun enough to be worth it um what's great about zapelli's backstory is that it's a good backstory and it's interesting and what's bad about it is that it comes out of fucking nowhere and it totally disrupts the flow of the episode and it's really weird but anyway here's the story zapelli was a young dude on uh basically like a boat shipping crew or something they were like sailing around on the high seas and it was very adventurous but not like piratical just they were they were on the up and up. And then they found this mask that is what has turned Dio into a vampire. And um, one day, one of the members of the crew activates the mask and becomes an evil murderous demon and murders the entire crew. Zapelli is basically the only one left alive and he leaps off of the ship to swim to safety. But the demon man pursues him. And just as he's about to be killed, the sun rises and the demon man bursts into flame. And as the man is dying, um, I guess the mask pops off of him or like with the light, Zapelli is able to see who it is underneath the mask or who who had worn it. And it turns out that it was Zapelli's father. And so he. Well, he's... the mask is still on the boat um, because you can't turn into an evil rampaging monster until the mask is done turning you into a demon and then it pops off. 
Um, okay, so, so he's just a off, facially landed, obscured by the darkness or something like that. Yeah. Not the so band. So it's the popped night. off of his face. It's gone onto the boat. The boat floats off into the distance, and Zapelli is left in the water uh, after his father is disintegrated after becoming a vampire. Um, this all has no explanation on why Zapelli is a weird Mad Hatter character in right. this world now. Um, but, uh, I guess we're going to be okay with that. Yeah. And it basically, this is his motivation. This is why he's like, he hears about Jojo's shit with Dio and he's like, well, it's my life's work to kill the vampires and to stop this mask from ever being used again. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's why I learned him on and you like, we're gonna, I'm going to teach it to you because you're involved in this. Yeah. Then we get a uh, we get a training sequence through it's montage. A montage. Uh, it, happens, it happens pretty quick and quick and speedwagon sort of narrating it. Quack. Pretty quick. Um, and then uh, so it's just like a week of this happening, and uh, and you know for some reason he is a complete master of Hamon already. Yeah, he's like um, a, a savant. It's just, and also it, it happens. Very quickly. It's the best training sequence I've maybe ever seen because it's so interesting. It's only the essentials. You just learn a little bit about it. You see progression and then it's over. There's no scenery chewing. We're not dragging this out. It's like a one minute sequence and it is perfect. And I could not be more appreciative. No training arc that lasts for 35 episodes. Like we're just one and done. There's also a fantastic moment uh, right at the very end of this where Speedwagon, his Speedwagon's name is said, uh, and then we have a wagon pull on going very fast, and it's an overshot of it. And I was like, Speedwagon! It's a Speedwagon! <laughs> oh my god, Speedwagon is, uh, I don't even know how like what because this we is, haven't even gotten to we haven't even got to the part of the episode where he heats up somebody's arm with his abs I, you heard me correctly no <laughs> that is probably in a, in an episode in a trio of episodes that are just out of control ridiculous that's gotta be the most but yeah oh man it comes out of nowhere too yeah, no. <laughs> you think uh I think probably the author, uh, the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, was like, what's a cool English name? And he came up with Speedwagon and didn't ask any of his English friends if that was really cool. And this is what we've got. Now we find ourselves here. So Speedwagon interrupts their training and he's like, Dio's been found. We got to go. And they're like, okay, well, I guess I hope we're ready because we're done training now because we ha- we actually genuinely have to go. Because if they don't, Dio's going to spread vampirism and maybe take over the world in like 48 hours. So they head yeah. out in this wagon and they get into a tunnel, which is not great. And they immediately are like, I hope we get through this tunnel really quickly because in this tunnel, the daylight can't get into the middle of it. So, you know, vampires could get up in here. Immediately, this, the uh, wagon stops going forward, and they're like, driver, what's going on? And they come out, and the driver is sitting there, but where his head should be is one of the severed heads of the horses that were pulling the wagon, and it is disturbing. But wait, yes. it gets worse. 
Jack the Ripper has put himself, hidden himself inside of one of the horses. Jack the Ripper apparently never one to let a moment be less dramatic than it could possibly. <laughs> so he he bursts out of a dead horse, and then here's the next couple of things Wait, that I'm are going to happen. So this is a decapitated horse carcass that is standing where it was standing when the horse died. And then through the like visible innards, this dude's face just appears like this guy. He crawled like meticulously into a standing horse corpse and was like, in a few seconds, this is going to really freak them out. And like (laughs) that was Jack the Ripper's thing. Yeah. So Jack the Ripper has decided to come out and attack. And a couple of really crazy things happen in succession. First of all, Jack the Ripper takes a knife and stabs it through his own throat. Yeah. Why, you ask? For no fucking no reason, that's why. No explanation is given. I was like, oh, did he just then, get stabbed? And then I was like, no, he did it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> then Zapelli is like, I'm going to put some wine into a cup. Am I going to open it from the top? Nope, I'm going to stick my pinky through the bottom of the bottle for some reason and pour it into a glass. This dude has then, a whole pinky Jack- fetish going on. Yeah, then Jack the Ripper starts to shoot out knives from, from inside his of his skin. weird... Yeah, from, like, these... It, it, the way that he protrudes them is, like, these weird, like, like knife nipples that are appearing all over his body. They're, well, they're not and just like, at his nipples, they're everywhere. He's like a... He's like an echidna. <laughs> so he, the like, echidna he shoots death. them all... He shoots them all over the place at everybody, and uh, Zapelli, while holding wine, shoots out all of these, like, energy blade things that cut down Jack the Ripper's blades that are flying through the air. And he then, like, smacks Jack the Ripper with his uh, ham on, and Jack the Ripper's body starts to slump apart, and Jack the Ripper, like, runs away in a hidden tunnel after, like, causing the back of the tunnel to collapse so they're like trapped in there with them yeah that well and i think that happens a little bit before they actually fight but they like they find the dead horse and they're like shit we i guess we should like make it out of this tunnel before they close off the oh there it goes <laughs> well there's also all this bullshit that zapelli's like you have to get into the mind of your attacker uh-huh. in order to understand them what would I do first? He announces out loud. Uh-huh. I would probably separate them from the sun. And like, then Jack Ripper does it. And I'm like, you told him to do it, you yeah, idiot. you stupid ass. So, and he doesn't do it with like a pre-setup explosion. Like he does it by throwing their wagon at the top of the exit of the tunnel to cause a cave-in. So like, he may not have had that idea, but thanks, Zeppeli. So, yeah. But Zapelli, he is not going to be missing out on his afternoon wine party. So he has some wine. And then he talks some shit about Vikings and um That is one of the most confusing things that he does, by the way. It was it's just so like, it, weird. I think the point was like that the Vikings would like they would sail on like the winds and so that connects to like using your breath for Hamon or something, and they were like fearless. I don't know. There's a connection to be made, and I kind of understood it later in the episode, but it's a little it's a little off to the right. So anyway, they, <laughs> so they, it, Jack the Ripper has fled. 
and is like definitely trying to lure them. And then Zapelli's like, okay, Jojo, this is part of your training. You have to go kill this guy by yourself. And I was like, that's a little unreasonable. But Zapelli was like, and wait, take this wine. And it, you better not spill any. And if you spill any of this wine I give you, we don't know each other. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I will not play around with people who commit party fouls. And then, yeah, like, like Speedwagon was like, this is ridiculous that you're trying to fight against. Uh, you're trying to fight against this undead guy. And yeah, Zapelli was Jack like, the Ripper. And Zapelli's like, hold my wine. Yeah. <laughs> truly like the hold my beer moment yeah. like he could make it more ridiculous but Literally. instead it's hold my wine and so, so jojo goes off to fight against jack the ripper jack the ripper has uh stopped fighting with a normal weapon and now he's carrying around this fucking gigantic bear trap thing it's like a for Iron some reason Maiden it comes out of, of nowhere it's so it's, weird what the fuck did this come from this and came why from- is he fighting with it I don't know. And you could barely call what he does fighting. He more leaps with it menacingly and then goes to hide around the corner. And yeah. JoJo's basically like, okay, Jack the Ripper's around this corner. What do I do if I follow him? He's going to get me. How do I get him? And then he's like, look at this wine. I can be strong because <laughs> I have this wine. And I'm like, I feel you, JoJo. I understand. You find that strength from the alcohol. Yeah. And then Jojo fucking uses his ham on through the wall to make this guy explode in one of the most grotesque things that we've seen so oh, far yeah. on he, the like, show. He melts. It's like the first X-Men movie. It's gross. Yeah. He like in he his face like distorts and then twists and then just breaks into pieces. Yeah. And then blows away in the wind. And and you go back to Sapelli and Sapelli's like, mm, he knows about the wine now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so absurd. Anyway, so we're going on to episode five, which is called Knights of Darkness or The Dark Knights. It said one in my Hulu preview and the other in the subtitles in the actual episode. So um, I picked Knights of Darkness because it sounds cooler. Uh, you can feel free to fight me on that, but I'm going to win. So the Jojo and the crew arrive at this place. It's called like wind night Hills or some shit. I don't, I never did manage to write down the name of it, but it's, they arrive in town and there's a boy that immediately like leaps out and grabs their briefcase and then like runs and tries to climb away. And they yeah there's also this weird sequence where zapelli runs on top of the water with his ham on yeah and like jojo chases after but his ham on isn't strong enough to run on top of the water and this is all kind of cool and speedwagon is really impressed by it uh-huh. and then there's like they they realize that they're like in this graveyard and they've been lured there to be taken out by dio when it becomes nightfall yeah and this boy is hypnotized then something weird happens where speedwagon's just behind them yeah and i'm like hold on how the fuck did he get over there Speedwagon. he's not wet at all it, <laughs> he with, just like with a name there. like Speedwagon, he must secretly be the most powerful of them all i just know it yeah that's why he's got hot abs uh-huh which we're <laughs> about to learn about so uh dio's plan comes to fruition because conveniently it is now night and Right as they realize that this was his plan all along and nighttime is going to be when some shit goes down, it's night and some shit goes down. 
First of all, some zombie arms burst up from the ground and grab them by the ankles, but you don't need to worry about that because they don't address it ever again. Um, yep. They don't even have to wriggle their way out of them. It's just not a problem anymore. So I don't know why that happens. Well, they just like touch them and they explode. I guess. Like, there's, there's a moment where they like one of the zombies comes up and JoJo hits it and it just turns into nothingness. Right. And it's just like, oh, these zombies on, just are not even a thing. Yeah, their ham on energy can like dissolve the brains of the zombies or whatever. Anyway, so Dio's there and he's like, what's up? Uh, I'm going to kill you guys. And then um, Zapelli goes to fight him and they have this really cool exchange. I think this is a little bit into their fight, but Zapelli is basically like, I guess, trying to appeal to Dio's better nature. And he's like, you know, how many lives have you ended to heal your wounds? And Dio's like, I don't know. How many pieces of bread have you eaten? And I was just like, oh, shit, that's like a really good metaphor, but also fucked up. Yeah. And so uh, Zapelli tries to strike Dio. Dio catches uh, the strike in his hand and Zapelli thinks that he's completely gotten him uh, yeah. because he releases his ham on into Dio's body. Dio, his arm starts to expand like it's going to break apart. He realizes what's been happening to him and freezes his arm and also Zapelli's arm and like through his weird vampire powers. Yeah. And it occurred to me at this moment that there are going to be some things that are going to come up where it makes you really realize that Dio's powers are number one, not well explained. Uh-uh. Number two, they seem to encompass way more things than they should. And number three, he seems to only have powers that are plot relevant at all times. And then well, it occurred to me that that happens almost always with every single character in the show. I know we've said it a couple of times, but like this part, Zapelli is going to get a frozen arm from this. And then Speedwagon t- has superheated abs that like unthaw his arm i'm sorry we're and I'm, that I'm comes s- out of nowhere i'm gonna slow this down <laughs> here because this i don't it is genuinely not presented like a superpower so <laughs> what happens is zapelli's arm is frozen jojo is standing as the dio summons these two big demons and yeah or maybe it's a big a single big demon right now and then he summons the two in a second i don't know but uh either way jojo is standing off by himself zapelli has been taken out of the fight because he can't use Hemon while his blood in his arm is frozen because it's all about heat and breath and flow and speedwagon is like i got you and he pulls his shirt up to reveal his abs and presses zapelli's arm against it this is not Speedwagon revealing a technique. This is not Speedwagon being like, I've been practicing ham on too. This is literally Speedwagon's abs being able to thaw ice. Yes. And it's so confusing. It is so homoerotic. <laughs> like, it is just, <laughs> oh my God, it's so intense. There's a yeah. there's a term called ho-ye, H-O space Y-A-Y. Uh, you can look it up on TV tropes, but it is just uh, it's just the term for homoeroticism. And that's this. It's just it, I was just like, what the fuck? Are they about to fuck each other while Jojo's fighting these dudes? Like it is so homoerotic <laughs> and it came out yeah. of nowhere. So, 
so here's the thing that I was talking about before. The thing about Hamon is that it has all of these different weird forms, and they seem to come out of nowhere. And, like, every time that Jojo uses a different one, he se- he seems to know it, and I have no idea where it came from. He always from. names it. And why Why are they different colors, Number like, number two? Uh-huh. And, like, also, Dio has all of these powers that, like, just keep on coming up. He can freeze his own body for yeah. some reason. He can create he zombies. And also, he can create... Uh, he can also create vampires, and he can create thralls, and he can fly, and uh-huh. he can also just vanish. Yeah. Like, why does he have all these powers? I it's gotta just say, like, it- I'm more okay with those powers except the ice one, because they're all more or less con- common vampire tropes. But the ice one, it's like, yeah. how do you freeze your arm into a block of ice at will, especially yeah, against, so- like an opposing warm energy, but also, yeah, to the point Jojo, he learns Hemon really fast, which is fine. And they did do the montage. So it's not entirely unearned, but then like every time he uses it, he announces like the name of his attack, which is like four words long and it's hilarious, but like, it's not always the same attack. And I'm like, I think Hunter X Hunter is a good comparison because in Hunter X Hunter, they don't have any special techniques for like 80 episodes. And then they finally start to reveal them slowly Whereas in, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, they're like, oh, this is the magic system. About an episode from now, I'm going to have three different special attacks. But like, No, he has five. He uses five. And they like, also... He uses five. I can't tell if he's pulling them out of his ass and if it's just him figuring out a different way to, like, channel the flows of his energy and deciding to name it. But, like, at one point... Uh, Zeppeli is talking to him and he's like, well, we can use your overdrive ability to do this. And I'm like, how, um, how much off screen practice have you guys had? I don't want to shit on it too much because I would rather have this. Like, it's not a complete ass pull. It has a little bit of narrative justification. So it's not just out of nowhere. And I would definitely rather have Mm -hmm. this than have like 80 episodes of just like training for nothing, which is not a reference to Hunter x Hunter and Hunter x Hunter earns it in a completely different way. It's just a, it's a slow burn. But I think Naruto falls into this trap a few times where it's like, oh, we need our characters to progress. So we're going to have like a five episode way off day off where they learn something. And there's really not much content beyond that. Um, you'll see this a lot yeah. in Dragon Ball Z, especially the original series where they were trying to fill time. And it's like, this is a huge trope in a lot of anime and a lot of manga. You'll see they will do a training arc where they'll go for a small number of episodes or even an entire story arc and spend most of the time training. And it's basically just an exposition break. And in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, they skip that almost entirely. Yeah. It, it, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure really is all about story. Yeah. And it's all about, it's all about how insane can we make each one of yeah. these different moments with the smallest amount of justification. It's so creative and moments. crazy. And sometimes yeah. they go a little bit off in left field, but they just are so committed to it that I'm willing to go there with them. Yeah. So the, the next things that happen are increasingly, um, there's there's like some cool stuff and then some super super weird stuff. Yeah. Um, so here here's the first thing that happens. Dio he has summoned these two knights that are from some other part of history and yeah. they have been buried here in the cemetery. It sounds like they so it was like centuries ago and so there was some war of succession yeah. and they were knights for like the losing team. Yeah. So 
the things that we're going to see, um, and, uh, uh, first of all, Dio is like, I was fighting you, but I also don't care about fighting you anymore. So he's like, you got this. And he just disappears it's, into nowhere. It's a then, little more intense than that because this felt like it would be out of character for Dio to leave, but it makes sense when he explains it. And it's basically like, I thought you were worth more than what you have shown yourself to be. So I now realize that I don't need to be here for this. And so it's like, it's a lot of insult to injury. Yeah. So these characters, uh, these characters are Zarkus and Blueford, these knights that have been, um, they, they have been summoned, uh, to fight against, um, against Jojo and Zabelli. Yeah. And you get their backstory and it's like, it gives you just a taste of their backstory. And then the show's just like, we're not going to talk about that really. And then yeah. they're like, Oh wait, we're going to talk about all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so their story is there was a war. They sided with the wrong queen, but they were loyal knights. Um, the winning side was like, Hey, we've got your queen. She's a captive. We're going to release her to you. And you guys can, go live in exile or whatever if or sorry she can go live in exile if you turn yourselves in in her place because they were like her two Mm -hmm. baddest ass knights um yeah so they go to the the headman's block to be decapitated what that's what it's called that's what it's called and then no it's not that's his that's history i know history so they go there to be decapitated and they're like, Hey, um, but like, can we like see her or like see some sort of proof that she got away? And they're like, Oh, uh, we were fucking with you. She's dead. That's her head over there. And now we're going to decapitate you. And they're like, and they're like, they're like with our last breath, we curse you and everything about you. And then they get their heads cut off. Yeah. And, and now they're back. Interestingly enough, they're not back because of the curse, even though it's super dramatic and it, it gets like an underscore and it sounds like this is like, Oh, this is why they were revived. And then I was like, no, wait, we already know why they were revived. It was because Dio did it. So yeah, I don't know I guess just for funsies, there was also a curse. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, um, so they are fighting against JoJo. Well, specifically, uh, Blueford is fighting against JoJo. Yeah, Blueford um, is like into the next episode. Blueford's got um, crazy. Wait, there's a no. The this weird shit happens at the end of the episode first. Uh, oh, I, I guess it. I guess it. I guess the divisions on our podcast are fairly arbitrary. So we'll just say episode six is about to happen. It's called Tomorrow's Courage. But basically, it's going to be split into two parts. There's going to be the fight against Blueford, and there's going to be the fight against Tarikus. So the fight against Blueford. So Blueford is like a normal human size, and he has crazy hair, which turns out to be kind of Medusa hair. Uh, well, I guess that's not right because Medusa hypnotizes you. But I was thinking like Medusa from the Inhumans, where she controls her hair and uses it as a weapon. And then Tarikus is a big dude with a sword. So Blueford faces off against Jojo, and they have. This is a very common trope. I think I think it's common in uh, in Western media as well, but you'll definitely see it a lot in um, Japanese media um, where there'll be multiple combatants on either side, but they will boil it down to a one-on-one battle by each competitor being like, wait, no, I got this. And like, this is a point of my pride or it's on my honor or... Or like, no, like, you need to let me fight this by myself. And it's like, 
a battle that would be more decisive sometimes is made more dramatic by boiling it down to one versus one. And they totally do that here. So Blueford and Jojo start fighting and Jojo is basically getting his ass kicked. Uh, he is trying to use his Hamon, but it's not working because Blueford is able to dodge around it and then kind of like bind him using his hair. And then he like, Gets them to fall into the river. And there's a really weird cutaway line where Tarakus is like, oh, JoJo's doomed now because Blueford's specialty is fighting in the water. And I don't know why he says it because it doesn't come up at all. But like. Yeah. And also, and also JoJo can't really use his ham on because he's underwater and you have to use your breath. Right. But JoJo has a solution. He has the most absurd solution of all. Instead of going up for air like any rational human being would do, instead he goes further down to the bottom and pulls up a rock just in case it has some air underneath it, and he breathes it in, and then he uses another form of Hamon called Turquoise Hamon, and it's, yeah. or like Turquoise Blue Hamon, it's Something. really dumb. Overdrive. And he uses it Always with- overdrive. Okay, so he like he like throws it into Blueford. Oh my Blueford god, I'm sorry. Hit. All of his techniques have to be called overdrive because he's living in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure world where everything is on fucking overdrive at all times. <laughs> so okay, I'm so well, uh, so he can't he can't broach or sorry he can't breach the surface because if he does, Blueford, who's a zombie and doesn't need to breathe, will get him, and he will basically like give up his ability to counterattack when he needs to go up to breathe. So he can't do that. But like his explanation mm. for why he could find air is that this was a coal town, a coal town. So the way that the rocks settle on the bottom of the river because of the coal mining might have trapped some air. So this is already a gamble. And then the first rock he pulls up definitely has a big air bubble that he sees. And then instead of like, bending down to like get it or whatever he's just like takes a breath when it gets to around his mouth area and i'm like there's no way that you can breathe this in without also getting a ton of water like it's just not <laughs> possible yeah and also when did you have a moment to breathe out i know like you dude. didn't breathe out at all you Come just on. breathed in more air but and whatever. it's just like what is happening this show Anyways, is relying so- hard on rule of cool Yes. So Blueford gets knocked out of the water. His one of his arms is completely disintegrated. Yeah. So thank God his we don't have to deal with that whole to... thing about how he's really good in the water because he literally just sat there. Yeah. So he gets knocked out of the water. Jojo is trying to fight against him still, but he still has his crazy hair and he's super fast. So he ties Jojo to a tree and he starts sucking out Jojo's life force with that. And he starts to run at Jojo again. Jojo breaks free with his legs, kicks him super hard in the face. With some ham on. He no, he like, kicks his sword. He, like, charges oh, yeah, his leg right. with ham on. And, that's like, another one! <laughs> yeah, he parries... He's like, he's the, like yeah, metallic ham on. Yeah, and he parries the sword and sends his ham on energy through the sword into Blueford's arm which then causes it to melt away because oh my God. the ham on energy is like <laughs> anathema to the zombies or whatever so Blueford is there and he's starting to kind of fall apart a little bit because he's been hit with ham on and then Blueford is like oh this pain is intense but it's not going to stop me from killing you 
And then he like rushes forward with the sword and he's about to chop into Jojo who has turned away and calmly started walking away and Speedwagon and Zapelli are both like, no, Jojo, how could you let your guard down? He's going to kill you. And then Jojo turns out to be right. And basically what he did was assume that Blueford's humanity had returned because as a zombie, he couldn't feel pain, but now he feels it. So he must be returning to humanity. And this is a lot like, yeah, he, how, how fucking much are you reading between the lines to pick out that this has happened. But also, he was still zombie enough to lunge at you with the sword. Like, he gets so close that, like, the sword is hovering over Jojo's shoulder, poised at his neck, before he, like, snaps out of it and can't kill him. And I'm like, what if you were no, off no, no. by it, a second? It, it cuts his face. Does it really? It cuts Jojo's face. He yeah, cut his eyes? It cut him in the eye? It cut it. And then it cut him on the side of his face. Blueford yes. stops attacking and he's like, oh, this must be what it feels like to be human. And hold up, you used to be human. How do you not know? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Um, and there's this kind of, uh, there's something else that happens right after this. And I have to pause for a moment before telling you about this to tell you about the also the weird moment just a moment ago that happens in the show where Jojo is being attacked and the boy that's with them is scared. And so he pees his pants. No, that happens later happen in the show. That happens later. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I forgot forgot that pee pants in the next sequence. But uh, so this next sequence you're about to talk about is the sword, right? Yes. Oh my God. This is absurd. This is absurd. So here's the thing with the sword. For some reason it has luck written on it. And so he wants to give his luck to Jojo. I think it was a gift from his queen or whatever. Yeah. He doesn't want to give it with the same name. So he (laughs) puts a P on it and now it's named Pluck. No, he's giving him the sword with his name is with his luck but he's also like in addition to the luck i'm gonna give you something from me and he like takes his blood and puts a pee in front of it and he's like pluck and it's so stupid <laughs> so full disclosure here guys i was paying attention to this and then i got to this moment and i my brain just went like what the fuck and yeah. then by the time i had gotten back to the show um, from saying what the fuck in my head, like two minutes had passed. This, so I don't know. I I, th- I think I like browned out here. This for a is a jump the so shark like, moment. Like this is officially a jump the shark moment. And I I I don't want to shit on the show too much because I loved the first three episodes. They were some of the best three episodes of anime I've ever watched. And I liked the episodes four and five, but they were leaning real heavy on the melodrama. This episode is where it jumps the shark a little bit for me. This whole luck pluck Blueford turning into a human at just the right moment thing is it just doesn't do it for me. And then this whole next sequence doesn't do it for me. So, so the next thing that's going to happen is that Tark is going to attack. Tark has decided that he is a he is a zombie and he doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, and he's going to attack them. The boy that were there that they're with has peed his pants. 
And also, they do not know how they're going to get away, uh-huh. except for the fact that they're standing on a bunch of leaves. Now, <laughs> so stupid. they touch the whole bunch of leaves, and they make a giant leaf out of those leaves, yeah. and then they jump off the side and float down while Tark is chasing after them. And Tark is at one point dumb. jumps on their leaves, and one of them is like, oh no, he's going to fuck up our leaf kite. And then they're like, no, the energy of Hamon that we've infused into the leaves will repel him. And I'm like, which? Because then like two seconds later, they're like, oh, if he jumps on us again, we're going down. And I'm like, which one is it, you guys? Pick a lane. It's just okay. so There's also crazy. an explanation of where Zapelli has learned some of his Hamon abilities. And it's when he like oh, went yeah. to this like monastery. When he becomes Doctor Strange. Yes, he goes to this monastery and he gets his like powers of Hamon from like getting touched by this this old man monk. Um, that is, that sounded way more yeah, gross than I meant. Very Catholic of you. Um, oh God! <laughs> so this is this is another flashback moment that is out of nowhere, um, and this is I think this is a storytelling mistake. This flashback really has no motivation in the story. Zapelli is has been here this whole time without remembering this. And then randomly, he's like, oh, I remember when I learned Hamon and this master that taught me told me that I was going to die. And number one, of yeah. course you're going to die, bitch. You're not immortal. But number two, why are you thinking about this right now? Is it plot relevant? And then, like, then it just it's moves on. And I'm like, why didn't you think about this when you first got into this mess or before you attacked Dio or when you met jojo and decided to get into a vampire hunter mission like at at many points when you think like maybe this is when i'm going to die you would have already done that and like now when you're on your leaf kite is not that moment yeah well they're gonna get down to this town that's like built into the side of this mountain it was like this training it's area a, for a the night outpost or something yeah yeah and they land like gingerly on the top of this thing and the kite goes away. It doesn't ever show it going away though. It doesn't make any sense. It probably just turns Um, into leaves again and blows away. Yeah. Well, Tarek who's chased after them has slammed into the side of this outpost way below them. Yeah. And he like sneaks inside and Jojo is like, well, I've got to go find him, so I'm going to go through this door that is leaking green smoke for some reason. They kept showing it, I, I and it didn't play in. It doesn't explain it! Yeah, they, so they show a couple of different, like, windows or doors on this structure, and all of them are, like, leaking. Like, if you ever watched, like, old cartoons in the 90s, like, when green smoke is billowing out of somewhere, there's poison in there. And they do that, they go in there... And, like, it's just not addressed. I guess it's just, like, stylized fog or something. But, like, Jojo goes into this room through this, like, big steel door. And then the door slams shut after him. And then, like, a, a big metal collar comes down and snaps around his neck. And it's attached to a chain. And Tarakus is there with an identical collar attached to him. And both of their chains go up into the ceiling at different points, and it, it's pretty clear that they're attached to each other. So they're sort of playing a, a deadly neck game of tug of war, um, you know, like in elementary school. And Tarkus says it's the lair of the two-headed dragon, and they are in a chain death match. And 
then Im- immediately pulls Jojo up to the ceiling by his neck. Yeah. Oh, I guess there's another rule is that like the the chains are locked and the key for your chain is on the other dude's neck uh neck collar. So you have to decapitate them basically to be able to walk over there and get the can- the the key. Yeah, two other things you're going to learn about Hamon. One of them is that you can't use it to break metal for some reason. I, and then another it wasn't one that. is that if you sh- it was he tried to send his ham on through the chain because I thought that's what it was at first. But he tries to send his ham on through the chain. But because the chain goes up into the earth, like the energy disperses in the earth instead of continuing to travel along the chain. So like, it, yeah. But the other thing that like Zapelli says outside is that he can't bust through this door because the door like he can't go through metal. Oh, no. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah. But he does send the energy through the chain. But it disperses because of the earth. So I don't know. It's it's kind of dumb. It, it it is. This again, these it's not bad, but it is a little ridiculous. And it still <laughs> sells itself well enough that you can totally enjoy watching these and you totally should watch them. But it's a little much. So yeah. the thing is, JoJo's basically helpless. They need to break into this place to help him survive. Um, Zapelli's trying to break down the door. Speedwagon is useless because he doesn't actually have any abilities that aren't ab related. And Poco is this kid's name. And Poco has a flashback of his own. And it's not super important, but it is where we get the episode's title. And it basically like his sister or mom or whatever tells him to be courageous um, and if you're feeling like you're not courageous, then think about the courage that you'll have tomorrow or something, or the courage that you'll need to see tomorrow. I don't really remember. So Poco is like, okay, I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to go into this like window that I can fit through, but you guys can't fit through. And then I can go to the lever that's going to open the door. And, uh, he he does. That's the short version of the story. He gets there and he opens the lever and the door pops open and Zapelli walks into the room and he's like, oh, what if this is when I die? And I'm like, number one, stop putting a lampshade on this. Number two, why do you think it now of all times? Yeah. Or at least why do we see it like this is just as dire as that situation earlier with Blueford or before that with Dio. Like, why didn't you think at any of those times? What's so special about this time? Uh, in the meantime, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just like standing around or hanging around with Jojo and Tarek. And it made me like go like, does nothing happen? I guess when everybody's paying attention yeah, to like whatever weird melodrama thing they're going like, to be doing. It's like object permanence, which is the the concept that like babies don't have object permanence, which is they don't they don't have the understanding that things continue to exist when they are not directly perceiving them. Uh, mm-hmm. And this story has a little bit of object permanence. I guess what's happening is that Jojo has been pulled up against the ceiling by his neck. So he's basically immobilized and he is fighting not to be decapitated. And Tarikus doesn't really need to do anything but continue applying pressure in order to win. So there's a little bit of an in-universe explanation for why they don't move around or do anything. But, like, yeah, they're not doing anything while all this is going on. 
And then... So that's the episode. That's it. We're, there's three more episodes left in this section of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and this is where we're done with for today. So uh, you got a, a nice, happy little cliffhanger there, everybody. Will JoJo be decapitated? Little... Who knows? Will Zappelli die? I, I can't tell. Our speed wa- happy little tree over here. Our speed wagon's abs the gayest. Yes. We've already confirmed. <laughs> We've confirmed that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, stick with us, uh, listen to our credits, and then we're going to have a preview of what's going on next week after that. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. If you like JoJo's Hamon, you're going to love Hunter x Hunter's Nen. Maybe. I don't know. You don't have to love it. Uh, I was going to make a ham on something joke here, but I I think we're done. I think it was hammy enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. (laughs)